Hey there, I'm Sasha Souza, and I have been in the creative events industry for over 25 years. As the CEO of Sasha Souza Events, producing some of the most trend-setting and creatively colorful events that you've seen in magazines, online, and in books. I am also a digital CEO course creator, mentor, and I serve the industry with my Creative Collective monthly membership. I am excited to have you join me for the podcast for creatives, where I can share the biggest lessons and the biggest wins of my business and of my creative friends. Let's go. All right, you guys, today's podcast is titled Leave Behinds, and I'm going to dive pretty deep into this story, and there's a lot to to unpack, so just settle in because this is a doozy, and it's funny because when I'm thinking about these stories and the titles and the things that I really want to touch on, I think to myself, are like, how can these all have happened to me? <laughs> but they truly have. And I am excited that I can share them with you because they are all incredible learning experiences. But we are going to dive into this story, Leave Behinds, which is the story of what happens when you pick up a wedding from one of your competitors. So I'm going to start setting the stage. So back in the early 2000s, I had a boyfriend. And when I would leave things at his house, he would call them leave behinds. And, you know, he would say things to me like, I don't want to find any leave behinds. So I asked him what he meant. And it turned out that it was something that belongs to you that you leave for somebody else to find. And listen, I get it. Now I probably should have taken that as my hint that I should probably find another boyfriend. But alas, my picker is truly off. So I can save my story for how off my picker is another day. But for the sake of this story, what I'm talking about is when you pick up a client that has either fired your competitor or been fired by your competitor and the story of how the bride attacked me on the dance floor. You heard that right. It is the story of how I picked up a wedding from one of my competitors and how the bride attacked me on the dance floor. So look, I'm not saying that all couples or clients are bad in this scenario, but what I do know is that it doesn't work out for somebody, right? So they signed a contract with somebody that wasn't a good fit, their picker's off. (laughs) If, you know, if the, the event person who had the contract lets them go, it's because that was not a good fit, probably because they weren't a good client. They weren't behaving well. And certainly there's a story on either side, but, you know, given that in this industry, we tend to treat our business like an island. Many of us work alone. We work in the you know confines of our of our home office or of our small office where we're the only person maybe we have one or two other people that are around us but really we don't have these huge companies and we don't always like to share information and pick up the phone and call that competitor and tell them that the client has called so we don't really find out the dirty deets on exactly what went down from their perspective. And in this case, the competitor has achieved quite a bit of fame in our industry. 
And I'll just put it this other way. We are not tight. So people who know me will be able to pick up on exactly what I'm dropping down. And for many reasons, I'll just leave it at that and to your imagination as to who it might be. But we are not pals. And so there was no way I was going to pick up the phone and call and ask all of the details about this particular event. I just thought this was fantastic. I was like, yes, I get to do this gig. So regardless, it's three months before the wedding and I receive a call from a bride who says to me that she was looking to replace her wedding planner. Her claim was that she never heard from them about the design. They never turned over a design or a schematic and she had no idea what was going on with her event. She had her photographer, her officiate, her site, her catering, her music, her hair and her makeup. What she really wanted us for was for floral design and decor along with coordination. She was very upset, very upset. She felt very maligned. And, you know, knowing the level of the planner, I sort of had an idea as to what the event budget would potentially be. So I send over my pricing and I tell her that I was so sorry that she'd had such a terrible experience and I was basically here to be her knight in shining arbor. And, you know, I knew the site. It was in my backyard. It was less than three months away. And it turns out I charged her far too little. So I get the gig, obviously, right? And there was a moment where I felt so exuberant to know that she was letting this other planner go. Like, I feel like at the end of this whole thing, (laughs) maybe I got my just desserts for that. But I was just like, yes, I got the gig. And again, it's that thing where I talk about in driving the dollar down, where I feel like I've gotten the job over them. But in this one, the joke is truly on me. So it starts easy enough, right? We have a floral design meeting. She wants all red roses. She, we pick out silver and gray linens. We design the flow. We've got her layout going and all of, the answer, all of her ancillary items are all like nice and tidy. We're just trucking along. And she questioned nothing with regard to cost. Never once during the meeting did she say, how much do you think that will cost? which is generally a question when we're talking about custom builds, like what she wanted. So she left and I asked her, do you have any questions? Do you have any questions about a custom item? Do you have any questions about, you know, the quantity of flowers that you want? And she was like, no, it sounds great. I love it. It's perfect. (laughs) Famous last words. So she leaves, we go to work, we build the proposals and Her first design proposal was really nothing over the top. It wasn't insane. Perhaps it was insane to her, but it was nowhere near, anywhere near in our top 50th percentile of events we've done. But it was quite nice. And this is really where the problem started because picture this in your mind's eye. She is asking for us to build her a facade of a French cafe complete with an overhang, a striped overhang, crystal raindrops, vintage style black and white striped umbrellas, a bicycle with a basket of roses, a small French cafe table and chairs, 
and have all the escort cards hanging from fishing line tied to small crystals. She wanted to make it look like it was raining outside of this cafe. And we set the price for that at $25,000. It was a massive 15-foot-long bill. Build, rather. So we price it out according to the work that was going to go into it. And when I say she was upset, she came back and demanded that we do this enormous build for her for $3,000. And, you know, (laughs) I may have guffawed. I may have. I may have chortled. (laughs) And I did say to her politely that it was impossible for us to build something custom one-time use stage set for her event. And she said, fine, I'll do it myself. I said, great, no problem. We hung up. She did minimal flowers. She did bare minimum linens. She really didn't spend what I thought she was going to spend, you know, based on previous conversations and who she had hired prior and all of this stuff. And so, you know, clearly this is a mistake I've made by not clarifying that in advance. And so I'll, I'll die on that sword. But we had a myriad of problems with her attitude, um, the, the payments, the venue had issues with payments, with getting final, um, final numbers and demands. And she basically forced the resort to serve only vodka shots at the cocktail party. Um, she didn't want to spend money on wine or other liquor. She just wanted vodka shots in a nice luge with oysters. So the entire hour and a half cocktail party, the guests have a choice of water or vodka, oysters or nothing. The, the hotel finally acquiesced to what she wanted because it was such a fight and you know, honestly, we all just wanted to make it to the wedding day. So they said, okay. And I have to also say that she had piggybacked her rental order for her escort card table that she was building for herself onto my order to save the delivery fee, which was fine by me because she ordered it and paid for it directly without my account. But I did advise her in advance that that was just going to be a drop-off, that we were not going to do any of the setup on the items, that we were not sourcing, we were not managing, so they are not our issue. And she said, that's fine, all of her bridesmaids were going to do it because she had enough bridesmaids. I think she had like six bridesmaids, but there are definitely four that come to mind that showed up to work on this abomination. So fast forward to the wedding day, it's rental delivery time. It's a same day in, same day out scenario. So we're there early in the morning, rentals show up, we do in all of our work, all of her stuff is dropped in a corner where she's going to set up or her bridesmaids are going to set up this escort card thing. And we're going about our business and they are like the bridesmaids are sort of snippy. So what she designed though is hard to put into words. So I'll just give you the inventory list, which was two 48-inch round tables, a six-foot tall PVC pipe from the center of the tables holding a 30-inch round vintage black and white umbrella, hanging crystals on the fishing line from the umbrella tips, 
black and white ribbon wrapped on the PVC pipe, black polycotton linens, small boxes with wheat grass, and the escort cards are laid on top of the grass. There's nothing to hold them standing up. Also with this order of stuff are uh, and two orange Home Depot buckets that are under each table, and they're to be filled with quickcrete to hold the PVC pipe upright because it, it wasn't going to fit perfectly into the, <laughs> the umbrella wasn't going to fit perfectly into the top of the PC, PVC pipe, which means that it would have leaned, but that was basically the vision. But let me stand here and tell you that it was so far from reality, it was not even funny. And the bridesmaids come to do the designing and put it together. And really what they found was just the bag of quickcrete that hadn't been done, the buckets, the 48-inch rounds. Mind you, she ordered two 48-inch rounds, but one came with an umbrella hole and the other one did not because she didn't ask for umbrella tables. She got two 96-inch round linens that did not have umbrella holes because she did not ask for umbrella linens. The PVC pipe was unpainted. So all of the words in blue print describing what the pipe is are still, are still printed. And there's no ribbon to cover the printing. There's a short tray for escort cards, a pack of escort cards that weren't sorted and lastly, if all of what I just told you didn't sound bad enough, there is a roll of sod. A single roll of sod. That's what she got instead of wheatgrass. The bridesmaids were pissed, but they weren't mad at her. This is the best part. Like they just weren't mad at her. They were glaring and saying things about us. It was loud enough for us to hear. And trust me, I was talking back because I just couldn't help myself, but I may have stoked the future fire. And I'll tell you, it looked terrible. It didn't serve the purpose she wanted and was easily the worst DIY project of my entire career. And that's still not the story of this event, if you can believe it. That's still not the worst thing that happened. And I'm going to just have you fast forward past the ceremony, past the cocktail party where we couldn't find a bridesmaid or the groom. They were gone for quite some time. Past the cocktail party where the bride was upside down in the photo booth with the groomsmen. Past the toasts and dinner and the cake cutting, and the first dance, and maybe even an hour and 50 minutes into dancing. We have just 10 minutes left in the event. We are in the home stretch. I am standing at the back of the, of the barrel room, and I'm chatting with my, you know, the bartender who happened to also be my neighbor. And I was given instructions by the venue manager that because the client had not prepaid for additional hours, she could not add them the evening of the event. It was going to be a problem. And we knew that it was going to be a problem. And so the, <laughs> the event manager, the venue manager, 
she left for the night. She was like, I'm done for the day. I'm going to go home. But my buddy over here, the banquet captain, is going to be taking charge. I said, great. Congratulations. You're out. She's like, see ya. (laughs) And it was at that point that I was like, everything seemed like it was going to go fine. And right now, she has not said she wants additional time. She has not paid for any additional time. She never confirmed in writing she wanted additional time. And we are now near the final song. The band goes to her and confirms the final song with the client, and she says they want more time. So the band leader says, let me go ask Sasha. So he walks to the back, and he says, hey, she said she wants, you know, another 30 minutes. And I said, it can't happen. I was told no. She can't have it. And I gave him every single reason why she wasn't allowed to have extra time. At the same time, I'm approached by a bridesmaid. And more about her in a minute, but just know that I referred to her as duck face. And I referred to her not because she was unattractive or anything. She wasn't. She was quite attractive. It was because she made this smacking noise with her mouth. Her lips were overly altered. And it was like constantly making this noise when she was standing near you or talking. And it was, it was looked, her lips looked like duck lips. So I called her affectionately, I called her duck face. And she comes up to me and she says, they want more time. And I said, Unfortunately, the same thing. The venue needed it scheduled, paid in advance by Wednesday. It's Saturday. I've been told no. There's another bridesmaid now on my other side who is telling me that they can afford to pay for it. They have the money. She's calling me names. I'm saying, I wish I could. I'm trying to be as nice as possible. And I'm thinking to myself, I just want to get the hell out of here. And they're inciting the the bride. So they go back to the bride and they're talking. And at the same time, I can see the groom and the groomsman talking to the hotel banquet captain. They had basically tag teamed us. They're chatting. He walks away, walks back to the bride, right? Then he turns around. He comes to me and he addresses me and tells me that the catering captain said it was the planner's decision. So just let that sink in for a minute because basically the hotel threw me under the bus after the hotel told me what had to happen and I am following hotel protocol. This isn't my hotel. I don't get a paycheck from them. They don't pay me a commission, nothing. I do not work for the hotel. I do not make decisions for the hotel. And he was such a puss puss that he can't take responsibility for it and say to the client, listen, I wish I could help you. It should have been paid. Thank you very much. This is the last dance. No, no. He says, ask Sasha. So I say to him, it definitely wasn't my decision. The choice needed to be made in advance. (laughs) I'm sounding like a broken record, right? All of the trucks were already there to pick up. 
and there were going to be fees for standby time and the bar and the band and us and the venue and they all needed to be settled prior to the wedding day because sidebar we all know that if you don't collect in advance and you hold nothing back you don't have an album to send you don't have photographs you don't have a video you may not even get paid so why would i front them three to five hundred dollars in standby time for the rental company and my time for my assistant i don't want to front for that you know and i'm certainly not going to front for the band and please girl they had do not have any cash on them i am positive and he walks back to the bride i walk over to the catering captain and i said to him that he's chicken shit for not taking a stand and he told me for what he said to them and for throwing me under the bus. And he said to me, oh, I had no idea. So I'm now public enemy number one. The spotlight is on me. And I hear the band announce it. They say, last dance. I am standing by the bar and I see the bride, all four foot eleven of her, pick up the skirt of her dress and run at me full bore, no shoes on. She quite literally stops two inches from my face. My hands are pulled up to my chest to stop her from running into me. My hands aren't out away from me. They're only against me. She is livid. She is calling me every single dirty word in the book, like the dirtiest words you can think of, she's calling me. She's saying I ruined her effing wedding. She's pushing up against me and she's screaming at me to stop touching her. And I'm like, I'm not touching you. You're running into me. She's like, you're pushing me. You're pushing me. And I'm saying to her, I need you to take a step back. I need you to please step back. And the entire time I'm wondering if I'm going to need to throw back to my high school days and literally kick her ass right there. And I'm getting mad. And I, I don't want, I, I'm not going to do it. I'm like, you're going to be professional. You are better than she is. You are not, you're, you're just going to ask her to step away. And Duckface is smacking in my ear like she needs a binky with how I'm ruining her best friend's wedding and calling me all the names in the book. And I look at the bartender, who, again, was my neighbor, and he walks out from behind the bar, gets in between us. Banquet captain won't do it. No other human being in that room, 150 people, nobody else pulls her off of me, keeps her from charging at me. None of them. The bartender, Alex, walks in between us and walks her, doesn't touch her, but walks towards her to get her to walk backwards, which gives me an opportunity to walk out and leave. And the banquet captain, Mr. Chicken, finally asks all of the women to leave the floor, all of the women who were working, the servers, the bartender that was working that was female, me, my assistant, and says, you know, he wants us to go to the back. And the bride is screaming that she's going to kick my ass in the parking lot. She is 33 years old 
and threatening to fight me in her wedding dress in the parking lot. She is hammered. And I go back to the back and I ask the banquet captain, I said, I need you to call hotel security. And he said, we don't have security. There's no security. And I was like, what do you mean? You don't have any security at the resort, at the hotel? He said, no. He said, no, in fact, if you want to have anything happen, you're going to have to call the sheriff and have her arrested. And I mean, I don't know, but that kind of sounds like a losing proposition if your planner calls the cops and has you arrested. No, thank you. She did get in my face. She did verbally assault me. Um, I chose to take the high road and not completely ruin her wedding. You know, the, the staff there, they, they basically pushed them back to their rooms. They broke candle holders all the way because they were belligerent, you know, but they had to get them out so the rental company could pick up so I could get all my stuff and get to my car safely in the parking lot, which is over by their rooms, you know, and apparently... They also tried to break in to the getting ready retreat and they were caught. And to this day, I'm not really sure by who, because there's no security at that hotel, remember? But they did try and break in. They thought that they had left some things in there. So instead of asking nicely (laughs) and seeing, you know, if somebody could let them in, they decide to try and, you know, break in. And I mean, I have to say that I wasn't scared. I was just mad at myself for taking the event and for putting myself in that position. So long story short is I never heard from her again. She never posted a review. She never called the hotel to complain. She just simply vanished. And what I did do when I got back to my house was start to look people up, like the bridesmaids and the groomsmen, look up their names and see what I could find out about them, just in case, because I wanted to know who I was dealing with, if they were were ever going to take me to court or if they were going to do something or find out where I lived or whatever. I want to know who I was thinking, who I was up against. And this is the best part, is that I just did a little bit of research and I found out that our friend Duckface, that mouth-smacking woman, the one that needed a binky, she had been arrested on distribution of ecstasy a year prior. It was in the news. Apparently, this entire group was all on X which is why the bathroom was a revolving door. I had never seen people (laughs) with such small bladders in my life. And I actually, I just thought they were drunk, but it turns out that they were high as kites. And I also didn't know that ecstasy can make you violent and angry, but apparently, (laughs) you know, I guess when you mix it with vodka shots, it is not good. So, I'm dealing with people who are super, super high, super, super drunk, just terrible people. And that is the client. So now we don't take leave behinds. 
we will not take the leave behind. If a potential client calls and discloses at any point that they are moving on from their other planner, we decline the job. Whether we're busy on that date or we just price ourselves out, we have a policy, we do not take leave behinds. I mean, think about it, right? It, to me, it felt like I was getting this job and being spoken about in the same breath as this other person. And looking back, it was just desperate, right? They're a leave behind for a reason. They're in your competitor's rear view mirror. They should not be in, in your front. You should not have to look at them. You should say, absolutely not. So, or pick up the phone and call. I've had clients who fired me and hired other planners. I'll tell you this, the client that did that a couple years ago, they were a disaster. And I wasn't going to play their game. And I wasn't going to do the crap that they'd asked me to. And it was a mess. I know for a fact that he got an enormous mess on his hands by taking the job where the client had disclosed that they had terminated the contract. So I want you to be careful thinking about like where the work comes from and what you will and won't accept. And if they're fired by a peer or if they're willing to fire your peer, they are certainly not worthy of your time and your expertise. All right. I hope you have a rad day and I cannot wait to tell you my next story. But first, I want to know if you want to win a super cool prize. I mean, who doesn't like cool prizes, right? If you love this podcast while you're listening to it, would you please rate it wherever it is you listen to podcasts? And I would just love it. But the rules are simple. You just rate the podcast, snap a screenshot of the podcast rating, share it on your social media story or to our Facebook page with the hashtag Sasha Souza Podcast. Do that and you can win either an open cart of all of our forms and downloads or even a 45-minute one-on-one mentoring call with me. Anyway, I hope that I get to see you soon. And if you have a great story to tell, please send an email to sasha at consultancyforcreatives.com. I would love to interview you and hear about all of your awesome stories.